What's going on, my brother and sister around the world? It's your boy Terrell with the Y, Humphrey, and welcome to Fair Years Knowledge for today for episode number 53. We have my special guest, Arissa, and also, also known as Coach Reese, a confidence coach, to where she will help you find yourself and be more confident within yourself. Coach Reese, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm sitting at the intersection of bittersweet and encouraged. So, um, if I complain, it means I'm looking for a solution, but I, at this moment, I'm feeling really good. How about you? I'm actually pretty well, pretty well. But you know, you know, the saying goes, if you need to complain, it's good to complain to somebody that needs to, that, that, would, that would listen. I'm willing to listen, Cartree. So if you want to complain, I'm all ears. <laughs> you know, I, uh, at the moment, there's not anything to complain about. I know some people are like, oh, if you complain, or there's the same. People are like, oh, I'm not going to complain. It won't change anything. But it actually will if you're complaining to find a solution. And I'm a solution-based, like, focused person. So if I'm going to complain, that means I'm looking for a solution so that way I don't have to complain about something anymore. But at this moment, I'm actually feeling really good and, and I'm present. I'm excited to be here. And thank you, right, for, for uh, rescheduling with me. I know we were supposed to get this jump in a minute ago, so I appreciate your persistence in the fact that you said you're on episode three or 53 like that's a big deal so i, I commend your uh consistency as well thank you thank you thank you i actually thank you for saying yes because what what made you what made me actually reach out to you was that i seen you uh i think it was a stitch or duet or uh i think on tiktok and it was about emotional intelligence i'm like oh coach recently been through something coach recently been through some type of life to where she had to grow and learn more about herself right because the thing about life and growth and awareness is that a lot of people lack it because we're not acceptance of, what, of who we are today. And and I and I really appreciate you for saying yes, because the thing that, that really attracts me to people is that we're on the same vibes. We're on the same energy. We, we understand, OK, how can we become better than yesterday? How can we overcome what we dealt with and actually start helping people? Your messages, Coach Reese, is powerful. Right. So before we even dive deep, before we even dive deep, who are you? What are you doing? Where are you from? Who am I? Uh, I'm somebody who is obsessed with my purpose. Uh, I'm obsessed with being the best person that I can be um, in my purpose in life. And it's been, you know, my mission, actually, I'll say, um, is to instill the right to confidence in the other people by way of passion, love, repetition and relationship. And that's something that I've stuck to. Um, that's something that I have committed my life to regardless of where I'm at and what I'm doing, if it doesn't align with my purpose, my mission and my passions, like I'm not doing it. And so I'm going to be that woman who is gung ho, who's excited. I'm a morning person. Uh, I'm a, I'm an alive person. After 10 o'clock, I go on low power mode, but if you catch me prior to that, I'm somebody who is going to pour out and give you energy. Cause I just legitimately want to see other people living out their purpose with confidence. So that's who I am. Um, as a human, uh, I'm a, I'm a sister, I'm a I'm a um, a daughter. I am a granddaughter. Uh, I'm a hooper. I'm a partner. I'm a teammate. I'm a friend. Uh, and I'm just somebody who is fortunate enough to still be alive. And I understand that like time is our greatest asset. Um, time is a luxury. And I want to live a luxurious life. And I want to make sure that I bring my peoples along with me. Uh, where I'm from, Tacoma, Washington. 
And so mm -hmm. that is, you know, the state that I was born and raised in, but I'm a product really just kind of of the world. I've, I've been around it and I love, I love traveling. I love exploring. So the world is my office. Wow. Your world is your office. Wow. <laughs> and, 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 you, and, and it's so, it's so amazing. So my uh, brother Malik, he said, uh, obsessed with my purpose, right? So how long did it take you to learn, okay, this is my purpose, this is my passion, now I'm going to keep pursuing it because it actually brings me some type of fulfillment. How long did it take you to realize something like that? Well, that, that's a great question. I was actually talking to somebody about that earlier, and I believe that God privileged me to be able to identify my purpose early so that way I can help others do the same thing. And so I can remember being like maybe 14, 15 years old, in really having an, a yearning inside of me that like wants to invest in other people. So I started coaching at 15. And so now at 32, I'm like, I've got over 15, almost 20 years in the game of actually being a coach to other people. And once I started coaching, I just fell in love with it. I've been a captain on every team I've been on. Right. So I've been intentionally developing my leadership skills since I could remember. Right. And so it's really important, especially as an athlete, who has had people like pour into them. And I had a mom, my mom was just, she was my greatest investor. She invested in my ego. She invested in my purpose. She invested in my strengths, like really, really early on. And then my dad has always been my number one fan. So I never grew up thinking less of myself, less of my abilities, my strengths, any of that. So you couple that with like um, being a Leo and all of that, it's like, I just like, I'm just that person now, right? Like I literally believe that I can achieve the things that are in alignment with my purpose. So I'd say around age 14, 15, I can remember saying like, I want to impact people's lives. I want to speak life into other people's lives. Um, and my faith was something that was really big as well is something that's really big. And so having a relationship with God and that positivity um, alongside my mom saying, what do you want to do? How you want to do it? Go experience the world and do whatever you want to do gave me the privilege, right? And I say privilege intentionally because not a lot of people have the privilege to have parents who pour into them like that. Um, and also the positionality at the same time to have experiences, to do different things, to see the world and say, this is how I want to add value and service back to it. And so I was kind of raised in knowing that I had a purpose. And once I got to, um, once I got to college, um, I was this close to failing out. And so even though I had a purpose, didn't nobody tell me really how to execute half of it. So, so I had to figure out like, uh, oh, I still got to go to school. Right. I still got to figure like I, as a hooper, I had to learn how to be a learner. Right. I didn't want to just be a student athlete. I had to learn how to be a learner athlete. And once I got like obsessed with being a learner and knowing that I can grow my brain and grow my knowledge and all that, like I just fell in love with wanting to know that much more about leadership, entrepreneurship, um, success, motivation, all of that stuff. And that's what really like kept me in school. And so uh, then once I got to like my next level of like bachelor level of school, um, I felt that much more in love with how do people grow? How do I help people like really grow and live out their purpose? And how do I help people like stay motivated, discover their passions, like life skills, character, all that. So I just got that much more obsessed. And so almost I've never not. And again, it's a privilege. And so because I see it as a privilege, like I am determined to help as many people as possible because I know that not everybody has the privilege to understand and know that they have a purpose on their life. And so that's why my purpose 
is instill the right to confidence to other people, right, to live out their purposeful confidence. And Coach Reese, <laughs> that, that's why it's so amazing to even like be so cognitive and, and aware of yourself because because uh, we got we have the same purpose and the same reason of why we're doing things. My reason is that I want to educate the masses on the opportunities that's out here. I want to I want to transform the way people are thinking rather rather than thinking having a, a poverty mindset or a, a mindset that really can't get us nowhere. How can we transform that and have an abundance mindset and apply it in everyday life? Now, mind you, once you have the mindset, the work comes behind it. It's not gonna be easy. It's not gonna be no nobody ever said that success is easy, but at the same time, as you're transforming the way you're thinking and believing and the way you're acting, things start to happen. And by things, I'm talking about opportunities. By opportunities, I'm talking about doors. I'm big on faith. I'm big on faith. God is with us each and every day. And, and my favorite saying is that it starts with us, but it doesn't end with us, right? Because one thing that a lot of people lack is confidence within themselves. I thought I had confidence until I started working with my mentors. Coach Reese, when I tell you being in the realm of sales is a different game, just because you have to learn how to mirror this person, you have to learn, learn how to have a conversation. Okay, what's the problem here? If, if is, is there is there a problem, or do you just want like to have uh, value for it? There's always a reason why somebody wants to sell their house or sell their property. Because I'm in real estate as well. But if I didn't start working with them, I would I would never be able to understand. Okay, I need to understand where they're coming from in order to solve their problem. The same analogy goes with everything in life because we have some type of trauma. We have some, some, some type of pain, some type of suffering that we're suppressing. But how can we get over that? How can we get over that? What I came to learn is that every time we go through something, it's not for us. Oh, correct. It's for us. But the deeper picture is that it's for the next person that comes to our life. Okay, you're going through this. This is what I did. This is how you, you can overcome it. Because what's hard is, is just lack of education. And you said something that's very vital. You became a, a, a learner, a good learner. Like, what, what happened to say, okay, I just don't want to be a hooper. Let me start learning, implementing everything I'm learning, and then be a hooper and attach them to that. What happened? Uh, great question. So I think, again, nobody taught me the value of, or sorry, taught me how to be a student athlete. Like I didn't mm -hmm. even have trainers weren't that big back then. And that wasn't that long ago, but 15 years ago, there weren't a bunch of trainers around like now everybody's a trainer. So <laughs> even nobody really taught me how to get better at hoop either. And so early on, once I hit that, like hitch at like 19, something in my mind was like, I've been failed. Like, there's no reason why I should be sitting in a college class, not knowing how to do what to do and how to execute being a college practice and being like, not really knowing, like it just, it pissed me off. And so granted my parents, my mom did the best she could, but she had never been a student athlete, you know? So she instilled everything else in me that I needed, but she had never been a student athlete. She had a mm -hmm. master's degree. She was a social worker. She had all these different things. Um, so I can learn from like that aspect of professionalism, how to treat people, believe in myself, all that stuff. Great. But as far as like how to like kill in the classroom and as a hooper, I didn't have any role models. I had coaches, but nobody poured into me and it was, it pissed me off. And I think that one of the things that helps people understand like what they are, get closer to their purpose and passion is like, what makes you mad? 
what pisses you off. If you're sitting there and you think about something and it pisses you off to the point of like frustration and tears, like you're ready to fight somebody, that's connected to your purpose. And so wow. for me, I was mad that I was failed. And I'm 19 years old thinking like, how am I about to fail out of school? You know what I'm saying? Like, how come I didn't know how to do all these things? And at that moment, I said, I'm about to become everything I never had. So when I created my youth academy, it was called TCSA and it stood for True Christian Student Athletes. And it was a sports specific academic and life skills academy. I was like, I'm taking everything that I feel <laughs> like I needed to know and I'm going to put it in this program, right? And mm -hmm. in that space, in that time frame, I became again obsessed with how do I help people grow? How do I help like youth and young adults like really maximize their life? And there wasn't anybody that I like looked at and was like, wow, they're a really good student. Wow, they're really like, I don't have a favorite teacher. I don't have a hero and idols. Like I never had any of that. Um, mm -hmm. my, again, my parents were cool, but I didn't have somebody who modeled like what it meant to be a committed student athlete. But one of my teachers asked me, she was one of my coach and teachers. And I had came back from my freshman to sophomore year. And she said, what are you? Right. Same question. I was like, I'm a true Christian. I'm a student mm -hmm. now. Like I'm a really a student. Cause I had to teach myself how to be a student at that point. And I'm an athlete. So that's where the TCSA came from. And mm -hmm. so when I, when I thought about that, it was like, these are the like now values and priorities that I have in my life. So when it came to being a learner, versus just being a student, I recognized then that like students just submit assignments, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, as athletes, a lot of us go to school and we just submit assignments to get it done to possibly hopefully get a good grade. But I wanted to be transformed. I didn't want to just submit a paper. I wanted to be better. So I was like, if I'm going to be transformed, I need to learn something from everything. I don't care what the class is. I need to learn all that I can and that's when I became a learner of life. Then I was like, yo, if I can just dedicate this same thought process as a hooper, because I got in the gym, like I got in the gym two, three, four days. So I'm going to say, I'm going to take that same work ethic and I'm going to now apply it to me, to this, to this game. Then I seen my life go from here to here within a year. And I was like, oh, I'm reaping, I'm reaping the fruits of hard work. And I just got addicted to working hard and addicted to being a learner and just wanting to know as much as I could. And I just mm -hmm. sped up my trajectory because of that decision. So being a learner was like, I want to be transformed by the information I have. And if God's going to grant me the wisdom, then I can't, I can't blow it. I got to utilize it. Wow. And, and that's, that's, that's the, the beauty of life, right? Of the beauty of knowing yourself, because it gets to a point to where enough is enough. Okay. How can I go from, here and then grow to a level where I don't even know if I can if I can accomplish it. The thing that my mama had, has taught me is she's a, she's a single parent and she raised three boys by herself. She she taught me that anything that you won't go for it because she has eight degrees. You're you're getting your master your master de uh, degree right. My doctorate. Your doctorate. I'm sorry. Your doctorate. You're your doctorate. Your doctorate degree. So you know that's a lot of school. Mm -hmm. At the same time, as she's going to school, I'm just learning from her. So everything that you want, you go for it. And it takes work and, and understanding the schedule and discipline. Until I was, because uh, I'm 23, until I started growing up and actually learning for myself, I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it made sense now. It, it really makes sense. So I'm like, how can I implement 
everything that I was doing because I also played football. But what I came to learn is that everything that you implemented, one thing of your life that you were successful in, implemented everything else. So I'm like, okay, I played football. I was I was relatively good uh, in 11th grade. I started. Uh, I think I was the number one tackler uh, for our team. Twelfth grade, uh, first four games, I was the leading the whole conference, but I ended up tearing my ACL. But yet at the same time, the, the discipline and the and the the focus and the drive that I had to build in order to get to that level, it took pain, it took suffering, it took days where I didn't want to get up, but I you know kept doing it. Until now, like earlier this year, now I learned, okay, I can apply the same principles to my regular life or just, just my life, but how can I do this? I need to start learning. I need to start being around the right people. I need to start having the right conversations. I need to grow to a different version of myself so I can change the trajectory of myself and for my, my family. And, and, and it's amazing. It's, it's, it's phenomenal that we can recognize something like that and actually try to achieve it. I have notes right here to my left, like stacks of notes. I got books right here I'm currently reading. And it's like learning never ends. Can somebody can somebody learn the importance of believing in yourself? Um, absolutely. And, and here's here's what I'll say to that though. And I love that you asked that because I think learning is two parts. It's humbling and it's humiliating. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it it takes humility and it's humiliating. So you got to fall in love with the hum. Right. Because mm-hmm. in order for me to grow, it takes me acknowledging I don't know. Right. So in order for me to grow and want to learn and gain something new, I have to acknowledge I don't know. That's mm-hmm. humbling. But it could also be humiliating. Right. Think about like how embarrassing it is to say, I don't I don't really know. But the sooner mm-hmm. you can say, I don't know, the sooner somebody can either you can find it, how to fill in the gap or somebody else can say, you know what, cool. You've positioned yourself to be a learner, to want to mm-hmm. learn more. So you have to be able to humble yourself, to humiliate yourself, to be able like to have the elevation that you seek and desire. And I think a lot of folks aren't willing to be humiliated a lot of like mm-hmm. and mess up. So when we're talking mm-hmm. about failure is knowledge. Like, I firmly believe that. Like, I am a fan of failure. I have a failure journal and that joint sucks. And I am (laughs) as honest in it as possible. We're at the end of the quarter. And so today I'm going to spend some time or tomorrow um, writing in my failure journal. What were my failures over this past quarter? Like, I literally go in it the second I either make a failure or over the quarter. And I look back and I'm like, yep. Because I, I'm obsessed with being as best as I can be. So I have to look back at my failures and I'll tell anybody I mentor, like I've made thousand dollar mistakes. I've made life changing mistakes. I've made all these different things, but you know what? I'm not going to model um, or try to model perfection. That's irrelevant to me. Like I want to fail first so I can learn second. I'm more in love with learning and being the best that I can be than I am with trying to look and act as if I know it all. Like that's irrelevant to me. So if I can stay committed to that, again, that takes humility. It takes self-awareness. It takes being able to know, I, I don't know. But the other part too is, and I think that you'll you'll see this as you continue to get older, when I was around mm-hmm. your age, which sounds so old to say, 
Um, but I, you, you just more wise. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with it. I love being how old I am. I like. Mm-hmm. I love it. I shout out to all the the young Gen Z millennials. You guys are, are making it happen. But um, I used to be a jack of all trades, and I think mm-hmm. that that's important, especially in your early twenties. Like, be a jack of all trades so you can get comfortable with failing and know what more like what area do I want to fail at most right? Like, where do I want to grow? Right? So I was like, I'm a jack of all trades. I did it. I do all these different things. And now I'm a master of some, right? Mm. And I know exactly what now I'm becoming an expert. So you, I think you have to go through the stages of being a jack of all trades. Some people like staying there. Cool. That ain't for me. My purpose ain't to be a jack of all trades anymore. I had to do that to figure out what I want to be an expert at, right? So fail your way through, and I, as I did that, I grew my repetition. And I also, going back to your question, b- grew that belief in myself because confidence is a psychological mindset. So as I'm getting in all these reps and I'm seeing, oh, I can get hit with failures, but I could also get back up. Now I'm growing in my resiliency capital. Now I'm growing in my confidence capital, my psychological capital. So now I'm like, man, I done it, it's what it is. You know, so it's nothing to me. But for some people, it's, it's a big deal. But to me, I've got reps of Mm -hmm. of embracing failure so my belief in myself enables me to believe in everybody else that much more that's what makes me you know a dynamic coach a a dynamic friend a dynamic partner is like i believe in you we just but it just takes that consistency and then you got to develop your own confidence at the same time in order for you to get to that next same spot and and that's amazing my uh my brother malik said uh he said i was good he said i was good in football and then he also (laughs) said fan fan of failure the thing, the thing that it, it and it's very, very vital because, like you said, like a jack of all trades. Yes, it's good to have multiple strategies. Yes, it's good to be have multiple visions. Yes, it's good to have all these things that you're really good at, quote unquote. But when when you tend to realize, okay, am I really going somewhere with this? With all these mm-hmm. attributes that I have, I'm really going somewhere. It's amazing that you said you have to. What you say? You have to uh, be humiliated, humiliated in order to be humbled, right? So I was working with my mentors. You remember I told you about real estate? Is that when you're in sales, it's kind of hard to understand something if you've never done it before. So my mentor mm-hmm. Steve, he was teaching me so much about speaking and and understanding, and hearing, and just having a regular conversation. But it was hard for me because every time I was having a conversation, he'd tell me like twenty things. Of course, I'm over exaggerating, but He'll tell me a lot of things to fix that I need to work on. So every call, I'm trying to implement everything that he's saying. So it's like it's like it's not going well. It is not going well. So I believe it was June or I'm sorry, September 3rd or something like that. I had told him I was like, I'm, I'm going to step away from y'all business. I was like, I don't want to hurt y'all business because if I can't bring in as much value like as I want to, I need to I need to step away from it. Mm-hmm. Coach Reese, when I tell you that was like the best thing I could have ever done. Because when I stepped away, I started to learn about real estate, about all the strategies, about all the techniques. Because you can know all all the techniques and, and the, the the way to handle somebody, but if you not, if you put it in the wrong place at the wrong time, it's like too much information for no reason. So now I'm more comfortable and more aware. Okay, I step back because I need to educate. My, I need to get educated for myself. So now that I'm constantly educating myself, I understand. Okay, now I can do this. I can start my own stuff, my own business, 
But if I didn't go through there, go through them, I would have never learned as much as I learned now. All right, so now I'm just mastering real estate because, of course, it's going to take time to build on what I wanted to build. But I'm focusing primarily on real estate. So that, that's where that's where I, I, the, the level of focusness comes from level of awareness. Yeah. And I, yeah. I like to even describe that, too. Go ahead. No, you you made me think of a, a couple things, right? One is um, certain there's it's called I call it experiential capital. Okay. And so experiential capital, when I talk about capital, I'm talking about human capital, right? So there's certain types of capital that humans bring to the table. There's certain types of capital that um, knowledges, resources, abilities, skills, like interpersonal, intrapersonal, like giftings that you bring to the table that makes you the bag, that makes you the greatest asset. Right. And so, but you got to have that experiential capital. If you don't have experience doing something, you can't, I mean, you ain't a master because you ain't never done it. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. a lot of times, and this is what I think sucks, especially for a lot of black and brown folks, we get caught in analysis paralysis. We get all this information because there's information galore. TikTok, YouTube, G, uh, Google, you have, there's information everywhere and everybody's a master. So you can take every course, you can take every, everything. But if you don't apply it, it don't matter because yeah. you don't have that experience, which goes back to failure because some people aren't humble enough to possibly fail, which equals humiliation, which equals growing in self-awareness, which equals you got the experience. So now you know what it feels like to be like, man, that ain't how you do it. <laughs> and a lot of people who are in certain spaces, they just did it. They were able to say, you know what? Like I'm in, especially in real estate, you can run the numbers on property after property after property. And again, and, and, I, and I'm familiar, right? As a real estate investor, you can run numbers. You can know the numbers. Some people know the numbers so well, but they've never executed and they have no property. It's like, that's what's up. You know, you know, numbers, but you, you don't got no property. So like, can you really tell me what it's like to be a landlord? Can you really tell me what it's like to do STRs? LD? Like, do you really know? The pain of putting 30, 40, 50, 100,000, whatever dollars down, the pain of letting that money come out of your, right? The pain of paying a mortgage, all of the pain points that come with the experiential capital. So the more mm -hmm. experience you have, the more of an expert you become. The more times you're willing to be humiliated, the more humbled you are, the more mm -hmm. reps you get the more you grow in your confidence. So like the more belief you have in yourself and your systems. And so I think the, the thing is, yeah, you're taking those transferable skills. And again, as athletes, right? It's people always talk to college athletes about having transferable skills, but ain't nobody showing them how their skills transfer. Mm -hmm. I, I, mm -hmm. And so was like, well, tell me how I can, but also I didn't have no work ethic and hoop. I just was good. So it wasn't right. until I started really getting like, in the gym and working on my game piece by piece that I see, let me take that same concept and now add it over here in the classroom and now add it over here to business. So now add it into my self healing. Right. So I, I think again, it's just being willing to be humiliated, to be humble, to grow in your self-awareness and get as much experiential capital as you can. And now you're bringing that asset to the table. Now you can mm -hmm. speak from experience on something because you've actually done it. And the other bar is, Wisdom changes behavior. It's not enough just to know, yeah. right? Like, cool, I got the knowledge, 
but wisdom changes behavior and it's not it's not wisdom until it's applied knowledge right mm -hmm. and the wisdom will change the way that you act and so those are just things that i told myself all the time I was like that's how i want to move it's not wisdom until it's changed your behavior and you've actually applied it and that's mm -hmm. how you're able to get better and that's the that's the beauty of it right because earlier you said that a lot of people are afraid to fail and see that's what hinders people from success we're so afraid of the outcome that we don't even know the outcome. We don't want to take the risk. But the biggest thing to take is the risk because we learn along the journey. Okay, if I did this wrong the first time, okay, how can I not do it again to where it's going to give me the same result? Either you're going to learn from it or you're going to do the same thing, right? But the, 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 the experience from failure, the experience from life shows that you're willing to try anything to, to make sure you're, you're coming out on top. If coming out on top, I'm talking about creating the life that you desire, that you look for, that you feel like you can achieve. The thing about life is that we're not around the right people. What I came to learn, what I came to learn growing up, we're not around the right people and we're not having the right conversations at the right time. Because how are we supposed to become something if we ain't never seen it? Coach Reese, I had went to this uh, mastermind today's Friday, Wednesday. It was with Grant Cardone. And mm -hmm. September 24th at 8 o'clock in the morning, I was like, I'm going to become a millionaire. I had this thought embedded in my head. I had like a dream and feeling. I was I'm going to become a billionaire. I was like, the reason why is because I want to help a lot of more, a lot of people. When you have that status behind your name, you can help so many people along your journey. You're constantly helping them. It was ironic. I went to this event. And as, as we're talking, so when I introduced myself to Grant Cardone, I was like, my name is Terrell with the Wild Humphrey. And for someone that's aspiring to become a billionaire, what advice would you give? He said, don't stop at a million. I said, no, no, no. I said, a billion. I didn't think he heard me. But he heard me. He was like, yeah, I heard you. But don't stop at a million. So I'm like, you know, just, just blown away of the fact that he just said it so casually because he's speaking from experience. He's speaking from his life. So I'm like, oh, okay. That's what he means. When you have a goal that's so high, never never compromise to not achieve it, right? And that's what they talked about. When you have a target that you're, that you're pursuing, don't compromise for it. And that's what we as people do as a society. We compromise for something that's hard because we ain't never seen it before. You made a statement about healing. How have you healed over the years? I mean, we don't got enough time for all that, but... Um, <laughs> No, uh, uh, two, two things real quick. I'll go back um, to what you're saying is I never I use privilege and I use the word privilege intentionally. Right. Mm -hmm. That, yes, as a black woman, lesbian, Christian, there's a lot of systems and structures that have been set up to prevent every single one of my intersections from achieving. But I mm -hmm. also have some privilege now where I'm at. And I also was born into some privilege as well. Right. Even mm -hmm. privileges that my my siblings weren't. So I'm never going to I never want to be so far removed from the realities of this world. Right. So far mm -hmm. removed that it's a privilege to be able to dream. Right. It's a mm -hmm. privilege to be in thrive mode. It's a privilege to not be right and have to be in survival mode. And I've been there before. Right. Like I'm not going to go into details and everything. But I think that God is because of all the privilege that I was given so early on in life. I had to go through a whole lot of like to be able to humble myself and humble my heart. And grief has been my greatest teacher 
whether it mm. was the loss of loved ones or the loss of people who are grieving people who are still alive or just losing out on different things, being stolen from, being robbed, being like just all types of I've gone through things as well. Because if you don't really go through nothing, your heart's not going to be like, uh, your heart's not going to be humble enough to be able to do life with people. And I never want to be so far removed to where I don't seem uh, obtainable. You know what I'm saying? Like what I've aspired to or what I've done doesn't seem realistic to somebody because it's all, well, she's got and she's done. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, I, 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 I got it. I get it. You know what I'm saying? I know what pain and loss and grief and stuff feels like. And so, but I also understand that there are a lot of barriers that have prevented black and brown folks specifically from being able to dream at certain levels, from being able to um, get out of survival mode. But one of yep. the things that I'll say too, is we are one of the most resource. We are the most resourced generation ever. The things that I'm able to do, my grandma only dreamed of, you know what I'm saying? So when I, I, I would spend time talking to my grandma and her siblings, like, what was your dream growing up? Just this last year dream. I, to to buy a truck it, it was my uncle's dream to buy a truck my great uncle mm. that was mm. it so the fact that my dreams are to like run million dollar businesses to do all these different things like i got people in my family who are looking at me like yo and i'm only 32 you know what i'm saying so again it's a privilege to not only be able to dream but to like actually put action towards seeing your dreams come to fruition the other part of that is your dreams should not look like your reality. Because if your dreams look like your reality, then you're not dreaming, you're living. You know what I'm wow. saying? So again, it's a privilege to sit here and say like, what do I want the next 10 to 15 years of my life to look like? And then say, how do I make that happen? Who do I need to get around? What, who do I need to study? How do I hop on these places? How do I get around the right people and have these iron sharpens irons conversations? Like not everybody has the privilege to access the resources the same way that I do. That's why I make sure that I'm accessible to people to help them do that. That's why I coach, right? Because it would be remiss of me or selfish of me, disrespectful of me really to my purpose and my giftings if I didn't do that, right? So I never, again, like I said, want to act as if dreaming is, dreaming is a luxury. Time is a luxury and not everybody gets to spend theirs the exact same way and I'm privileged and honored to be able to spend my time helping other people unlock the mental aspect now, mm -hmm. right? If you got a little bit of something, how do we make that much more out of that? And that's why, you know, I'm a confidence coach because it's a psychological mindset. So when we're talking mm -hmm. about emotional, health, we're talking about healing. At some point, you have to take accountability. So yep. I didn't start getting healing until I took accountability. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that goes back to humility and humiliating. It is humiliating to take accountability. It is tough. It's not easy, depending mm -hmm. on, you know, it doesn't really matter what you're taking accountability for, but accountability and ownership, those joints will bring you to your knees. And so <laughs> I had to take accountability and say, I want to, I've, I've achieved this, I've done this, but in order for me to like be a better human, not just a better coach, practitioner, but like, a better human. Mm -hmm. I have to take accountability for certain things. I have to grow in ownership. And right now, like God is really maturing my energy in making sure that I'm able to like read from an emotional intelligence space, social awareness and relationship management. So that way I can appeal 
to more people. You know, because mm-hmm. a lot of people are going to want to rock with me, then they've made the old white cisgender do. But if I'm mm-hmm. so here and I'm not attached to the things that hurt me, I'm not attached to the thorn in my side, and I don't remember what I came from and what it takes for me to get to these certain spaces, the people who I really need to help get released from their shackles, I'm not going to be able to because I'm not, I haven't taken accountability and ownership over things that I need to. So when it comes to healing, I think that there's three people you need in your life, right? You need a therapist, a counselor at some point, a mentor and a coach, right? Like, and you need, I'll say the fourth one is like friends to help you along that healing journey. Uh, But you just got to spend time with yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you don't spend time with yourself, you're not going to be able to grow in that self-awareness. And if you're not going to grow in your self-awareness, there's no point in you trying to do anything because you're going to make that same mistake oh, five, six, seven times. And Pat's going to be like, can't rock with you no more. You don't know how to learn. You don't know how to apply. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why, like, and, and I'm hearing all the growth that you then overcame, like your the success that you uh, obtained for yourself, not just the materialistic thing, but like the, the lives that you're impacting, you're impacting yourself, you know, and it starts with us. But the thing about accountability is it's hard to. Uh-oh. Am I still live? I'm, I'm still live and he ain't here. Hello, everybody. I don't know what happened. Um, okay. Oh, you're right. Right. Yo, you're here. I was I was about to take over your live. <laughs> it was about to show. I was about to start rapping or something. So <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm saying? Giving my shout out. I don't know hey, <laughs> It's all good. Here we go. go ahead. When, you, when you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. I, I, I so thank you, Coach. You just going to take over. <laughs> we was about to be breaking it all down. So, my bad. Go ahead. It's your show. Go ahead. Uh, what, what was the last thing you heard? Listen, I don't know. I had to go into game mode. So, I just was about <laughs> to take the shot. You were like, no, you were talking about, um, I ain't going to hold you. I don't remember. Okay. Okay. Well, oh, accountability, accountability, yeah. taking accountability. Yeah. yeah. It, it it's hard to do that because who want to be the victim of something that we think we didn't do, you know? Mm-hmm. And and it, and it, it's really more than just the success, right? Because what I came to learn, everybody that we come encounter with, we're helping and bringing some type of value in, in some type of way. A lot of us as people, as society, don't think we have value to bring because we don't know ourselves. Yeah. But anytime you come in front of somebody or have a conversation, you're bringing value because you're bringing yourself. You're bringing your confidence. Now, whatever happens after that, go ahead. Go ahead. You hope so. Yes. You hope you're adding value. Mm-hmm. And, and some people may not even hope they're adding value. Right. So that's, again, where that self-awareness comes into play. That if that if I don't even know the value I have to bring. I'm not mm-hmm. going to bring it because I don't even know it's mine to bring. Right. So if I don't, if I don't know, so the way I see me, and again, I thank God for a lot of humbling lessons and again, accountability, and there's always so much more humility to grow in. Um, mm-hmm. But to, to say I'm an investor. So I don't even see myself as an entrepreneur anymore. I'm an investor, people, places, and things. Right. Like I know that I am the asset. I am the bag and I can add value to you and your life in these areas. So I'm no longer trying to be a jack of all trades. I'm no longer just trying to be a master of some. I'm trying to be an expert at one. And I know exactly how I can add value to your life 
And the other thing about that is collaboration. So this is where I you're was, getting in with people. <laughs> go ahead. I, I was just about to say that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So if I know that I can hold it down in this area, I'm going to be an expert at these whatever things are. I now know who to look for to bring in my circle. I now know who to do the deal with. I now know who I need to partner up with, right? Like my partner needs to hit it in all these specific areas because I ain't got it. You know what I'm saying? Like my teammate, whatever it is, my whoever. But if I don't have self-awareness to know what I'm bringing to the table, I'm not going to know who needs to come alongside of me to complete me, to complete that next level of my purpose. I got to complete me first, right? And then I need mm -hmm. my partner to complete me second. And then I need my other people that I'm doing life with the rest of my village to complete that next level. But it all starts again with that, not that humility in saying, I need to know self because I am the bag. I am the asset. And here's what I can bring to the table. If it's outside of my sphere, let me go figure out who can do it. But I'm also not trying to be and do everything or be everything to everybody. That's not important to me. I can care less to do that. But some people are hung up on wanting to be everything and do everything and have 100% of the deal versus 50% or 10% or 20% of a way bigger deal. Now you're tapping into pride. I don't got time for that. And I love this, how you just hit uh, collaboration because in that mastermind, at first when I started going to networking events, I just thought we was going to meet new people. I didn't think, you know, it was, you know, you go here to network, you grow into actually see how can we do business together. Yesterday or the day, a couple of days, a couple of days ago, when, when I was at the mastermind with Greg Cardone, he said, to be honest, this event is so we can collaborate together. He was like, I want to build with y'all because y'all got audience that I can't reach. So how can we work together? He was like, I don't want to be your friend first. I want to do business with you first and then build a friendship. I'm like, what? And then so my, my other mentor, Pace Morby, I mean, his, uh, his, his mastermind, his group, his community, he asked me, he was like, so who are you going to do business with? I'm like, huh? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> that moment right there, I'm like, oh, okay. So when you come to these events, you're coming to collaborate and see how can we help each other out. It's the it's the it's being exposed to something to 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 something like that in order to understand. Okay, this is how we expand. This is how this is how we grow. This is how we reach more people by working together. There's no longer competition. When there's competition, like you said, there's pride and ego. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, they're saying, would you rather have 100% of a grape or like 10% of a watermelon? I, I know you from the country. I ain't heard it said like that, but. I'm saying the, the grape and the watermelon. I mean, <laughs> I've heard it like, would you rather have 100% of nothing or like 10% of, of something, you know, kind of deal? I just never heard nobody use those analogies, but I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> You I'm said what's for the country? <laughs> yeah, you got it from the country using using it that way, but it, it makes sense though, right? Like if you think about, you're talking about being exposed to newness, right? Mm -hmm. You're talking about. I think when I when I say that we are the most resource generation, I say that to also say, to an extent, depending who you are, where you're, and what you're going, what season you're in. I'll say it that way. Your mm -hmm. excuses are irrelevant, depending mm -hmm. what season you're in. That doesn't, that's not, that's not a blanket statement. For some people, their excuses are reasons. 
So those are two different things. The reason why I'm not doing this is because of that. Cool. Makes sense. But if in every single season of life, you are using the same reasons and they end up becoming excuses as into why you're not executing at a certain whatever it is, mm-hmm. then there's something we really got to talk about. So when I think about the we never have, we never seen, that's over. That's played out. It's played out. There are enough examples. There is enough social media accounts in which is why I think that social media was kind of invented or like God's like little secret as into why. So that way I can be a mentor to somebody who may never be able to actually rock with me, but I'm going to put my life on display so they can be like, man, look at coach Reese. And that, cause I just want to inspire, right? Like I just want somebody to look at me as a black mass woman and be like, yo, from all the way in Alaska to all the way in Germany, wherever, you know what I'm saying? Like social media closes the excuse gap. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need, somebody doesn't necessarily need to be my mentor and be in my life intimately. Now, eventually I need to make space to where I'm actually doing life with people and not just, you know, through the computer screen, uh, because that's important because we were created for a community. And so Mm -hmm. we can't use the excuses anymore as if we've never seen it, because there's enough people out there putting on display how to do, how to be, how to execute. But you got to know, am I learning from the right people? Right. And you, you you may or may not be learning from the right people. And then am I actually applying right, the, the practices? Am I applying the practices that they're teaching me? Because that's also important. If you're not applying it, then it don't matter. And then do I have people who's going to help hold me accountable? And accountability is a two way street. I got to be willing to be held accountable for somebody to hold me accountable. Mm. Right. So it's in though. And that's where the collaboration piece comes into play is. And, and do I even trust you? Because if I don't respect you or trust you, you're not going to be able to hold me accountable. It just is what it is. Like, I don't trust you. I don't respect you. You can't hold me accountable. So it might be mm-hmm. cute on my end to be like, yo, can you hold me accountable? So I can say that I said it. But if I don't really rock with you, you're not going to help me get better because I don't really rock with you. And I can't treat you better than I think about you. And so, so many people are, are spinning spaces in times with folks that they don't really like respect. And so it's easy to you know, moving there and they're not really being challenged. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why. So I, I came to learn that God has really blessed me, with, blessed me with the abilities that I have. with like speaking with people with like dreaming with like just being who I am and just helping people find themselves. So what I came to learn is that you can do everything that I'm doing. This is how you can do it. So now, uh, since I'm I'm getting educated in these rooms, I'm bringing it back to social media, telling my story and just bringing so much value because a lot of people don't understand, like, you can actually be successful at anything that you want to do. But see, the thing about limited belief is that we see the next person being successful. We don't think that. No, absolutely not. We're, we're regular human people, human beings, and you can do exactly the same exact thing if you believe in yourself, if you're in your purpose, if you're... If you're so divining on, on everything and helping everybody else, everything's just gonna come into play. It's all about patience, timing, and your your desire and faith. Faith, faith is a big one as well. You said something earlier that I wanted to touch back on about um about the good and the bad. Well, you said you was born. I think that's the word mourn. Do you think in life there's always a yin yin and yang, like a good and bad that's always going to happen? Um, yeah, but not in the black and white sense, um, right? Because you can think about the cliches. 
I think that we have to fight for the truth behind cliches and also dismantle them. So mm -hmm. if, you know, it's like, why do good things happen to bad people and bad things, you know, happen to good people like that kind of thing. Right. Um, I think because one, I believe that we are living in a fallen world. That's that belief, right. From a faith stance. So there's stuff that's going to happen. I think that there are a ridiculous amount of misfortunes, a hundred percent amount of misfortunes in barriers in systemic issues and all these things, again, I'm going to go back to, you know, that black and brown folks um, and just people, ableism, all the isms, right? All mm -hmm. of those things. And it would, this would turn into more of a, um, I don't know, I don't want to start like preaching in that way or getting too heavy into just, you know, the Bible and things. But mm -hmm. um, I think that there is a legit spirits and enemies and things like that that are out on the move um, that want to see people, you know, struggling and suppressed and all that. But I also think that um that life will give you whoever the you is life will give you enough drama trauma headache on its own like you don't have to nobody goes and seeks bad things to happen that's why they're called accidents i didn't go out and get an on purpose oh man i got an on purpose today like you never heard nobody like, what is that no i got an accident nobody wants an accident to happen right it's it's a misfortune and mm -hmm. the thing is, for some people, some of those misfortunes cause greater detriment to some people's lives than others, right? Mm. Depending on who they are and what it is and what the timing and what the season is, right? And I think that um, that's why I go back to privilege, right? Where privilege really is like, because of where I'm at, because of the privilege I have, the positionality, I may not have to, I may not think that everybody else's reality isn't the same as mine. It's easy to mm. forget. It's easy to be like, well, how come you can't just get up by your bootstraps and you know like that's like white because it's not a part of somebody's lived experience in their reality and that's why emotions um are so important to tap into because i don't need you to put yourself in my shoes first of all we might not wear the same size right that's the first <laughs> what i need you to do is locate the last time you were in pain and then pain is subjective so me being a grieving about something specific may be completely different, you know, for you, right? Like you may, um, something may happen. Like you may, who know? I don't, I don't know what example I want to use, but like when people say don't cry over spilt milk, but if that was my last gallon of milk, I'm about to cry over that milk because I don't want to eat my cereal with no water. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it in just, um it country. Just, in um country. <laughs> You know, and, and so it's things like that to where, like, without trying to, to compete or compare, I just need you to place your pain, right? And if you can place the last time that you were in immense pain, but the other thing is some people never even allow themselves to embrace the pain that comes with life. So mm -hmm. it's not that me trying to prevent good or bad things from happening. I was born an optimist and born to optimist. So again, that's just a privilege. Where mm -hmm. other people think they're pessimistic, but they're just afraid of being optimistic again. And so mm -hmm. I have the privilege of being like, okay, because I've seen things go my way more times than not. So when I got mm -hmm. hit, it was like, shoot, who that sucks. But because of the healing that I've done, because of the strength and the belief that I have in myself, I can continue to be optimistic. But optimism is connected to my psychological well-being, which is connected to my confidence. Not everybody has the privilege to have that thought process. 
So that's where you have to start unlearning to relearn how to even be an optimist again or how to even continue to work hard or even have a dream or a vision right in the first place. So I don't think life is black and white. It just it's just not. Do I think there's right and wrong? Absolutely. But do I think life is black and white and good and bad and yin and yang? I believe in balance. I believe in karma. I believe that everybody has haters and everybody should have motivators. Like it is it unbalanced? You might have 52 haters and two friends. And if you focus in on those 52 haters more than your two friends, then you then you're the problem. Focus on mm -hmm. your two friends who are rooting for you and then keep going. Cats rock with me because I rock with me. But you got to be able to spend time with you to start rocking with you to really say, okay, who are the ones who are rocking with me? Cool. That's what I'm rocking with. Not focused on, you know, everybody else. So those are like four different answers in one. And all, all of them really answered in their own way, to be honest, because that's what we need. We need awareness. We need growth. We need the right people. And we need to see, okay, who's for me? Who's not for me? All right. You, now, now it's just more, okay, now we're attentional of things. Now we're strategically mm -hmm. being around people that want the best for us. Because to be honest, if I don't know myself, we wouldn't be having this conversation. If I didn't go through the pain that I went through, I wouldn't understand, okay, Coach Reese you know, been through a lot, but even though she got hit, she was still getting up. She she didn't give up on herself. Mm -hmm. And that's what it takes. It, it takes the right type of pain in order to turn your life around, right type of moment to understand, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. How can I keep pushing forward and grow and learn and, and excel into to the life that I want to uh, dream of and or desire of? That's what is up. Yeah. That's what life so, is about. Be, but being okay with not being okay. And that's what grief has taught me. Like, of so course. when we talk about my healing, it's mm -hmm. been being okay with not being okay. Mm -hmm. And just so when you ask how I am, I'm at the two days ago, I was at the intersection of bittersweet and frustration. Today, I'm at the intersection of bittersweet and encouraged. I feel a little bit better today, but I know <laughs> me. I know what I need in order for me to be able to show up. And if mm -hmm. I don't have the ability to really spend time and rocking with me. So I'll give you real quick. So my grandmother passed away this a uh, couple of weeks ago. And Sorry as I looked, over, thank you. As I looked over my, uh, my habit tracker there, I had to give myself a whole lot of grace because I didn't hit my numbers the way that I wanted to. But one thing that I did hit my numbers on was my meditation, my journaling and my working out. And so those are things that I know that I needed to help keep me moving to where I can get back to this space of bittersweet because I'm hurt, I'm sad, but I'm also encouraged and motivated to keep being my best self. And without knowing I needed those other things, I couldn't catch back up to that momentum. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are don't know who their best self is and how to obtain being their best self. And so I know who my best self is. I know what my what habits my best self needs. I know what it looks like when I'm implementing them. And I know what it feels like. And if I get to a space where I'm like, ooh, I don't feel like I'm being my best self, I need to take a timeout, number one, like just a quick timeout. Again, I'm a coach. So is it a 30 second? Is it a full? What do I need? <laughs> right? Sometimes I need a full, right? But uh -huh. then you start to implement other things at the same time because, again, people are only going to rock with you to the degree that you rock with you. And you're only going to know who do I have around me and what's the value that they're also bringing? Where do they end and I begin when you spend that more time with yourself? What boundaries do I need to implement? 
right? Like you don't know any of that unless you spend time with what you would know and like, oh, you make my nervous system feel funny. We mm-mm, not right now. <laughs> right? Or my nervous system feels safe with you, but you don't yeah. know that unless you actually, you know, spend time with you. Mm-hmm. Cause and, and that's that that's the even the way you even just put that is so so profound because this last this last couple of months I'm going through divorce a divorce I got I totaled my car out so now all these things was happening back to back back to back back to back so I'm like how why is this happening to the point to where okay I'm getting divorced I'm going through what I'm going through then I totaled my car out and then like I'm moving I'm getting out the military transition out the military so why is this happening well. It's happening because it's life. You know, how, how are you able to control one thing that happens? Okay, how are you able to respond? Okay, how are you responding? How are you responding? How do you react to things? When bad things happen, it teaches us more about who we are and who we're, who we're becoming. It's really, to be honest, you have to, be, you have to really be in tune with yourself to say, I'm going to be okay. This happened, it, it's, it's a tragedy that it happened. But what did I learn from it? What did I learn from it? The reason why we're going through a, a divorce is because I forgot to love myself. I wasn't loving myself like I needed to, and that's why we really separated. I'm, I know what I did wrong because I, I, I'm taking ownership and accountability of everything I did wrong. And that, that's, that's the importance of being in tune with life and in tune with your purpose because there's more to that. You learn along a journey, but if you don't go to, if you don't try the journey or start the journey, you would never learn who you can become. Yeah, some people will say, uh, what you just said, some people say it's not what happens to you before you right and again i think that we need to fight for the truth behind cliches dismantle (laughs) them and then explain them right because it's not enough to just throw out something catchy and again i'm a fan of words uh i'm the queen of acronyms but like what does it mean how do i apply it right so if Mm -hmm. i think about it happens for me then like i mentioned before like i've gone through a lot of grief so that way it can balance out the privilege Mm. And I needed it. I needed to have some hits because if not, I would have been hot, hot and mighty and all types of just pride goes before destruction and in all the fall and all the above. I needed to. And I also did a lot of stuff to myself. Like, yeah. ooh, to where I thought I was too good to make that mistake. Ooh, Arisa, you do. So I had to really sit with like, you're not too good to. Oh, man, I'm not. I'm not too good for that mistake. You know what I'm saying? So for life to happen to me and then for me to also think that I'm too good to commit certain mistakes. And then I turn around and be like, my goodness. And now I, I look at other people like, I feel you. Yeah, I, I understand. I, you. I, yeah. I get it. You know what I'm saying? So I keep, you know, my failures close to my heart. I keep that thorn in my side. You know, like Paul had, had a thorn in his side. I keep it because that thorn in my side is a reminder to me to make sure I am as staying as connected to people as possible. Mm -hmm. I'm not God. I'm not Jesus. I ain't trying to be, I don't know everything. I'm not even trying to be perfect. I just want to be as intentional as I can with giving hope and with being a role model to, um, to being accountable, uh, to taking ownership and to really being obsessed with growing. Like the person I was three months ago, is not the person I am today. And some people might be like, it's only been three months. You know how much stuff can happen in three months? People's lives can change in a day. <laughs> now you put three months of worth of days? I am not the woman I was three months ago. You know, so 
<laughs> I think that that is, that's, it's important to just recognize when you talk about patience, just be patient. Right. But not a lot of people have enough patience to be patient. Mm. Coach Reese, this has been great. This has been great. I know we coming up on an hour. So I only have one segment in the uh, podcast and in, in the conversations and it's called best for last. So I asked the last four questions uh, and the last part and it has to be answering the quick explanation. So are you ready? Yep. So first question, how do you keep your composure? Uh, uh, Drake says, I got to breathe real deep when I catch an attitude. Um, and that's real. I just, I, I breathe and I take five grace breaths um, to make sure I'm giving it to myself and others. That's it. Breathe. Powerful. What, what are you grateful for? Time. The time to be able to continue to live out my dreams. Mm. What, what do you regret? Do you have any regrets? Absolutely. You didn't hear me just say I list about five of them joints right there. Yeah, I got I got a whole lot of regrets. Um, and I think regrets are a part of life. You know, some people say, oh, I don't have any regrets. No, I got regrets. It doesn't mean I would do them over or take them back, but I 100% have things. Again, I keep them, my failures close to my chest. But again, I won't make a lot of those mistakes again because I didn't, I, I regret them, right? That's, that's, that's pretty legit. <laughs> and then last, last best question, what does failures and knowledge mean to you? Uh, failure as knowledge means to me that I would, right. I take it. I don't want to shift your brand, but like for me, it's the application, right? Like failure is knowledge tells me that failure is a part of the process. Um, a part of one of my concepts is fail first, learn second. The learning mm -hmm. comes from the application. And so if I failure is knowledge means that I am attempting to get better. I'm attempting at living out my purpose. I'm attempting to be the best that I can be. And so I think we need to put some more respect on try. Try is attempting. Right. And I think that failure, if you have the guts and the courage to attempt, that means failure is an option, but it doesn't mean it has to be, you know, the same option as long as you apply and you just keep going. Wow. That's it. That. Wow. <laughs> wow. That, that blown away. So how, how can how can people find you and get in touch with you if they want to uh, collaborate with you? Yeah. Follow me on TikTok. Number one. Um, it's my favorite place to be at Coach Reese one. Uh, check out my website, you wish. Um, I didn't dive into that. So confidence coach, like you said, uh, my job as a confidence coach or my role as a confidence coach is to help you grow psychologically um, and living out your purpose with confidence and increase your performance. Um, so check out youish.com, you-ish.com. Um, check me out on Task Leads. That's my tech company for college athletes. Hit me up on IG, send me an email, text me, whatever. I'm accessible. I'm accessible till I'm not. It just is what it is. So um, you can find me on any space. I got to give a shout out to, to my village, to my number one fan, was Goody. Um, and I appreciate you for allowing me to be here. Shout out to your consistency. And I'm grateful to have these Iron Sharpens Iron um, conversations. And I'll definitely be praying for you as you're navigating all of it. You know, being 23 and going through and doing what you're doing is, is admirable. So don't stop at a million. Thank you, Coach Reese. Yeah. Thank you, Dad. That really means a lot. I'm going to be praying for your success as well, watching you and just seeing how you're constantly growing to the best version of yourself. That's, I'm, I'm thankful that you said yes. I'm grateful that you said yes, because this yeah. has been phenomenal.
for everybody that has tapped into the live, hopefully y'all got as much value as I got from it. If y'all haven't tapped in with Coach Reese yet, please go tap in because you will be a better version of yourself as soon as you get done with the conversation. Man, we thank y'all. Continue to believe in yourself. Continue to believe in the journey. And just try. If you, if you fail, fail some more. If you fail some more, keep failing. You'll be okay. <laughs> Hold on, Coach Reese. 